Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode number 17 of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ryan. And my name is Josh Denhardt, and we are really, really excited that you've joined us here on the Lead Volunteers Podcast. Good gracious, I can't believe it's episode 17, Jeff. I am thrilled, and I'm thrilled that you as a listener are here with us. I know, it's crazy. We're kind of cruising through these things. but. But thank you for joining us for episode 17 of the Lead Volunteers Podcast, which is here to help you, the ministry leader, turn volunteer pains into ministry gains. That's right. We want to get you skills. We want to get you inspired, but we want to get you moving. Mm -hmm. Our goal is for you to get skills. Like We want to help you avoid ministry burnout as we pass on and share practical systems for your ministry. Exactly. But we also want to get you inspired, right? Not just skills, but help you to shift your thinking to see volunteers as a means of disciple making. Yep, and we want to help you get moving, right, Josh? Absolutely. Thinking and feeling are great, but thinking and feeling coupled with action wins the day every time. We want to help you get moving and help you assertively apply some kind of idea as a result of each episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one fun way to think about this podcast is to consider this a portable breakout session from a national conference, just right there in your pocket. I love conferences. I know conferences, they're filled with inspiration and ideas, but sometimes they're a massive yeah. dose of information just packed into two or three days, and it's as if you're kind of drinking from a fire hose. True that, but conferences, they are often so packed that I feel like so much great information is being placed onto the conveyor belt of my mind and then slipping off the other side. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough brain space. No one does, right, to receive this amount of mental information and all of those mental inputs at one time. Mm-hmm. And then here we have it, the Lead Volunteers podcast. We, we really hope that this podcast can act as a great option of learning for you and your teams. You can tee up the next episode when you're ready. You can listen to it in the car as you grab a quick bite to eat at the office. Bottom line is we made this podcast so that you, the busy ministry leader, can get skills, inspiration, and motivation right where you are. Exactly. And we're we're trying really hard to keep the Lead Volunteers podcast short and to the point. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast where you're sitting there listening to the chitter chatter, just drone on and on and on? And it's almost like you're sitting through 55 minutes of fluff or advertisement so that you can have five minutes of meat or great content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we have, we've all been there. We've all listened to those podcasts. And so when we set out to launch the Lead Volunteers podcast, our goal was pretty defined. We wanted this to be a short, content-rich, and most of all, just applicable podcasts that you can use right where you are. We want this podcast to be some of the best 18 to 20 minutes of your ministry week. Absolutely. Okay. Well, keeping that vision in mind, right, let's get right to it. Now, I have been dedicated, a dedicated student of the book of Proverbs for well over 20 years. In all seriousness, I have read and studied Proverbs more than you probably could imagine. As a young Christian, I just felt that this would be like a critical book in my formation as a believer. Hmm, That's great to know. I know you mentioned this in a previous podcast episode, but you became a Christian in college. And when you say you became a serious or or dedicated student of the book of Proverbs, what exactly did that look like in your life? Can you explain to me or to our listeners what you mean when you say that you studied the book of Proverbs? Okay. Well, to start, there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And in a typical month, there's 31 days. So I purposed to read a chapter of the Proverbs that corresponded to a particular date on the calendar. So if it was March 11th, I would read Proverbs 11. And I did this literally for years. And I'm not kidding. Uh, beyond this, I started to like see patterns in the book of Proverbs as I read it this often. And there was a lot, okay, a lot that Solomon said about the mouth or the tongue. There was a lot that he said about infidelity and marital faithfulness. There was a lot 
and quite a bit about money and finance. And so I took a notebook, Jeff, and I began to have eight to 10 different headings on the top of eight to 10 different pages. One page was dedicated to the mouth or speech. I had a, I had a page dedicated to the ills of alcohol and the intersection with wisdom. I had a page about the trap of revenge. And yet there was one category or topic that seemed to have the largest amount of verses dedicated to it. And this page of my notebook, it had lots and lots and lots of verses, and I would write them out word for word. The heading on top of that particular page was diligence. The topic of diligence seemed to be one of the largest, if not the largest, themes in the book of Proverbs. Gotcha. So you read from the book of Proverbs once through every month, but then you you took it even further. You did an exercise and, and categorized different themes or reoccurring topics that you found. What what did you do with these lists and uh, the list of verses? Yeah, and yeah. So so uh, now this is going to show my age, but uh, <laughs> back then. Um, I just took an old tape recorder, you know, the kind where you would push play and record at the same time. And I recorded my voice reading these Proverbs out loud. I would read each verse two times in a row, and I listened to them wherever I drove. Now, I had a tape filled with these verses. Um, that, that Like, I had a, a tape that was dedicated to, like, issues of the mouth. I had another tape dedicated to issues of diligence. And I would literally listen to them over and over and over. Well, all right. That's that's pretty intense. I see what you mean when you said that you're a serious student of the book of Proverbs. Yeah. Now, not only Proverbs, I also got to say that I, I, I also dipped into Ecclesiastes and some of the other wisdom books in the Bibles. But I actually, I, I true, I wore out several tapes um, and they were no longer f- able to function inside of the tape player in my car. Because <laughs> I, I, I literally, Jeff, with all my heart, I wanted these concepts to be foundational and cemented in my mind. Wow. So this theme of diligence, it seemed to rise right to the top, right? And as, as you filled in verse after verse into categories in your notebook, you kind of discovered that there were just a larger number of these verses on diligence than all the others. That's kind of interesting. It was interesting, and, and that's what I thought as well. Now, now, wisdom, according to Solomon, is knowing how to live rightly on planet Earth. So honestly, I think Proverbs is like a horizontal book, horizon, right? It's the horizontal book for living and walking on Earth. And if, if Proverbs is this book about horizontal living, then I think of the book of Psalms as more vertical living or a, a book of instruction on how to live and worship. So broadly speaking, Proverbs seems to tell us how to operate down here on planet Earth. The Psalms seems to instruct us on how to engage vertically with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But but what you were discovering kind of by means of just sheer number of verses is that these concepts of diligence or this concept of diligence was a pretty big deal to the wisest man who have ever walked on the earth. Absolutely. So if, if, if Solomon was the wisest and he had a quite a bit more to say about diligence than he had to say about anything else, I should probably take note, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so last week we talked about how to dominate with diligence and we're going to kind of keep that ball rolling, talk about diligence a little more. We've dedicated today's podcast to the concept of diligence, and we've entitled this episode, The Hand of the Diligent Will Rule. That's right. Now, in the book of Proverbs, it, it, it shares a wonderful statement about diligence that I think we all need to lean into and find out more about what it said. That's Proverbs 12, 24, and it says this, the hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's another translation of that, ver- of that verse. It says the exact same thing, just in a nuanced way. It says, if you work with a diligent hand, you will find yourself in charge. If you work with a slack hand, you will be put to forced labor by others. Powerful little passage, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about you, but forced labor 
doesn't sound fun. No. <laughs> it sounds like I'm doing someone else's bidding, and I, I don't really want to do someone else's bidding. I it's don't either. I would agree with that. the things to do. I don't want to do other people's bidding. I, I Personally, I don't want to carry water for another person. I want to write my own ticket. The method and pathway for you to write your own ticket in ministry in your own ministry context or in any context for that matter is diligence if you are diligent and work hard you will find yourself calling the shots however if you work with a slack hand or do a pathetic job of executing stuff other people or go they're going to become your slave drivers i don't want to be put to forced labor i want to call the shots I got to be honest, I would rather be in charge. Mm -hmm. and, and so it seems like you're saying that diligence is the fast track to being in charge. But but I have to ask, you were a children's pastor, correct? Very much so. So you were never maybe completely in charge. You, you still had leaders over you. Uh, so help me understand this. You're, you're t totally diligent. I can clearly see that. That's just evident in your character and how you. how you live. But while you were in charge of your area of ministry, you still had a boss, right? Absolutely. So I was never the lead dog all around, okay? I was in charge of my area, but that did not mean that I ran the whole show. However, because I was diligent, I was rarely given other people's hand-me-down tasks. Hmm. Okay, so this is, it's interesting to me. Help maybe break this down a little bit for me and our listeners, because most of us were probably not in charge. I mean, right. I'm sure there's a handful of senior pastors listening, but most of us are probably just... I'm a youth and missions pastor. Yep. You were a children's pastor. Just uh, associate pastors, different people on the pastoral Ministry team. scale, yeah. Um, but most of us do have a boss in our context. And yet you're saying that even if you do have a boss, diligence was saving you from being given other random duties, right? This uh, sounds good to me. But <laughs> uh, can you you're, break this down a little bit for yes, us? Yes, it does sound... Ex explain kind of what you mean. Yeah, it sounds appealing, doesn't it? Well, I, 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 I'll put it this way. Here's how I want to break it down for you. I had a leader who was on my team. I mean, it was like we were peers, right? And he came to me uh, 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 very sad and upset. And he was my peer. And he was wondering why, oh, why was he being handed random tasks that had nothing to do with his ministry area? And here's how it would go. The senior leaders would come out of a meeting and have things that needed to be done, and they would hand it directly to him. They would never hand it to me. Well, after hearing him complain about this for some time, I, I loved him, and I had to have a hard talk with my friend, and I shared with him, in all seriousness, this was a matter of diligence. Mm -hmm. So you had the, the team, they come out of their two-hour power meeting, and they have some great ideas. That yep. was the point of the meeting. But they themselves don't exactly have the margin to execute these ideas, and so they have to be given to someone Yes. To, uh, to pull execute, it off. To right? pull it yeah. off. And so what you're telling me is that this other guy, he's kind of getting the brunt end of these ideas that are coming out of this meeting. And But you weren't given the same amount, if any, any. of these tasks. And so if that's the case, kind of what's what was your secret formula there? Because we all have our job and our yes. own things to do. We have plenty of things to keep our task list busy. But it can be so challenging when the senior leader comes and descends from the mountain of their meetings to hand out a bunch of extra tasks for your ministry area. So how did you kind of achieve this situation? Uh, yeah. This context. Yeah, yeah. So in a sense, you're saying, how did you escape and how did he find himself? Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm -hmm. Okay. So here's the thing. The senior leaders viewed this individual as having plenty 
of margin on his hands. Hmm. He had lots of idle time. And because of that idle time, he was viewed as having as being an individual who could take these tasks on. He did not want these jobs. He was being forced to do these jobs. Why? Because he worked with a slack hand. They saw him having margin and they handed him things that he did not want to do. He was carrying another man's dirty water. Now, they wanted this job done, but they themselves did not want to do it, so they found somebody else who didn't look busy. Now, I have seen people in ministry start to have whiny and a cranky spirit when they're continually being given tasks like this by other leaders. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the lack of diligence. It's almost putting a target right on his back. He's They're coming out of the meeting. They see him. They see his work ethic and kind of are like, well, he's got the margin. He's being paid. This needs to get done. That's Give exactly it to him. Here you go. right. I like what you said, right? That's almost like he had a target on his back um, that was begging to be given that thing. Well, here's the deal. On the other hand, I was not given those random tasks. And here's why I was diligently executing things and had been for years. What ended up happening is that other leaders would never think to hand me some random task because they knew that I was extraordinarily busy and I had massive amounts of results to show for it. The hand of the diligent will rule. They weren't handing me tasks that were painful. And they weren't handing me something that I didn't want to do. I don't want to do somebody else's tasks. I want to conquer things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's really fascinating, that dynamic back and forth between you and the other employee. Exactly. And now, just as a quick review, the, the verse in Proverbs twelve twenty four it says, If you work with a diligent hand, you'll find yourself in charge. If you work with a slack hand, you'll be put to forced labor by others. Which it just makes a ton of sense to me right now, you know, hearing that kind of case study, so to speak, yes. and hearing that example, you kind of steered clear of being given the jobs that no one wanted. You're exactly right. Now, the way that I accomplished this was through diligence. I worked hard to create new opportunities for myself, and I executed those opportunities with extreme art and care. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to be told what to do, be that individual who dominates with diligence, and you'll find yourself being the person that calls your own shots mm-hmm. and maybe just for a second for some clarity's sake I, I don't want anyone listening to think like okay josh is just coming from this perfect context nope. so luckily him but you there were times when you were handed things right absolutely but listen here that you brought up a great point i'm glad that you did since i had a reputation for being able to make things happen there were times where i was like because of that, that 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 reputation that I had, I was handed some major projects, but I got to be honest with you. These were projects of honor. These were not projects of dumping. Hmm. In addition, they were super gracious with me when they posed this 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 very pointed question and they would say, "Now, uh, excuse me, they they would give me this this task and I would pose back to them. Now, if I do this new project for you, what will I no longer do? And over and over, they did this for me. So what I'm telling you is I had the ability to offload something off of my plate, presumably something that I didn't want to do, and presumably it went to somebody who was working with a slack hand, and I was given more, and I was given cooler, more fun responsibilities that had more significance. So yes, I was given things. I still felt as if though, Jeff, I was in the driver's seat a little. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It's, it's powerful. I think it's kind of no wonder Solomon wrote so much about diligence and 
that this is pretty good stuff. Yeah. Like it's important for us to hear, I think, as leaders. Exactly. And, and, I, and I, but here's the funny thing. Because ministry is a self-starter kind of thing, if you're not a self-starter, somebody is going to hand you something to start or, or to, to pull off for them. Got to tell you, I don't want to be that guy. Plus, it's, it's fun. It's fun to do a good job. I think that sloughing off or leading a life of slack, it feels horrible. Bottom line, those who are faithful in little will be faithful in much. I'm glad that you brought that up though, Jeff, because I was handed a lot of things, but they were good things. They weren't like somebody's hand-me-down dirty water tasks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me try to just center this conversation a little bit. Diligence, it was a grand ministry principle that you leveraged as so that you didn't have to be given those junky jobs. But can you help us to see how this ties into volunteers and volunteer leadership? I think this is obviously the Lead Volunteers podcast. And so the question is, how does diligence tie into this concept for our volunteer leadership? Yeah, yeah. So I would say, uh, Jeff, that this this is the ultimate question, right? Each of us is only one person. That's it. We are inherently and dramatically limited. But leaders in ministry are never called to do the work of the ministry. Rather, we are called to build up the body to do the work of the ministry. Okay, now this is a very key point that I want to make sure that everybody hears. The way that I was able to accomplish so much was not because I had any more time in my day than in the next person. I didn't. We all have the same number of hours. It's, it came down to how I was leveraging and using the time that I was given. I spent an inordinate amount of time with a handful of key volunteers, and I carefully and methodically trained them to be, in a sense, full-fledged children's pastors. I literally built into them, and they became mini kids pastors. So together, we were able to take on and accomplish massive ministry gains. Here was the key. I was not just using my time to do ministry. I was leveraging my time to build leaders who also built leaders which is awesome i think we've all heard that recently the this the recent ministry buzzword of disciples building disciples absolutely being a good picture of that and seeing the benefits of that i think could be a huge win for the people who are listening to this podcast so you were sitting there you're diligently developing others and that takes work and i'm sure it could have seemed easier just to do it yourself like you were talking about last episode absolutely you're exactly right but it's not biblical to do it yourself. The biblical way is to build and develop other leaders. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2, 2, the things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others as well. Mm -hmm. You found people and then you poured into them and trained them to do the work of the ministry. You're exactly right, but it didn't stop there. The real power came when we do what Paul said at the end of the passage. He said, entrust these things to faithful people who will be able to teach others as well. Now, you have to understand, this is 2 Timothy 2, 2. So think of it, 2 times 2 times 2. I call this the multiplication verse. Mm-hmm. So the power, it, w- it was found in training just a few people. Is that right? Like, it sounds simple, and it, it seems like something we can take down, just understand on an intellectual level, yes. but yet it's so hard to implement. That's so rarely done, I think. I would agree. I would agree. And honestly... Um, I was able to accomplish so much, not because I burned it at both ends, Jeff. I was not working myself to the bone and doing it all myself. No way. I did hard work. Trust me. 
I, I, I worked ultra hard, actually. I came home tired and spent. But the, the, the work that I did, you see, it was, it was work of building into others. Uh, that was my work, right? I didn't seek to just do work. I sought to have my work be building into others. And I worked very, very, very hard at that. Therefore, I had a very powerful group of people doing things, not just me as one person. We were like, like we, we it was like a, a powerful team of ministry leaders moving forward. And I got to tell you, that's where most ministry leaders fail, I think. Can you remind us what is the, the poopy stall principle? The poopy stall principle, <laughs> right? Like we talked about that last time. The poopy stall principle is that, what is it? That, that uh, where there are no oxen, the stall is clean, but with an ox comes much increase. So here's the deal. I poured into tons of people and I surrounded myself with people. They had issues. They had life drama that I had to intersect with, but we got a massive amount of stuff done. If I got a, Hey, here's the deal. If I'm a farmer, I'm like, Hey bro, you've hired me to like plow your fields. Mm -hmm. Give me four ox. And they're like, why? I'll kill it. I will absolutely plow your fields. Mm -hmm. But then the other guy who's like, Oh oh, oh, no, I got it, man. I don't want to clean up any poop. And then he's, he's behind the hoe himself. Not going to happen. And so because, because of that, you're seen as the guy who gets a lot done. And exactly. The secret, which honestly really shouldn't be a secret at all, was that this work was accomplished through building volunteers. You were building others up, not all on your own work. It wasn't your own efforts. You weren't working 80, 90 hour weeks no. consistently and working yourself to the bone. It was investing in people who could yeah. come alongside you and building a powerful and amazing team, it sounds like. You're exactly right. Now, so many ministry leaders will say, well, give me a staff member and I'll build the ministry. Wrong. That's not how it works. I say, build the ministry so strong that it justifies adding a staff member. Huge difference. There are so many ministry leaders that think that the answer is adding more staff. I got to tell you, that's not the case. And quite honestly, those who think that the answer is just to add a staff member, I got to tell you, they probably have no idea how to leverage a staff person if one were given to them. I don't mean to step on anybody's toes, but I've done this for a long time. It was through the building of volunteer leaders in treating those volunteers as if they were the staff members I hoped I could have in five years that I actually ended up growing a large paid staff under me. Wow. So... What you're saying is that you learned how to manage people through building volunteers and built major ministry endeavors with and through volunteers. And it grew so much to the level that it justified adding a paid staff to continue the work. It's almost kind of backwards to what we want in our head. Um, But can I play devil's advocate for a second to the person who's sitting in their car, their office and like easy enough for you to say, I don't have (laughs) these high capacity volunteers. I don't have the people who... um, could do this type of thing for me. Yeah. What would you say to I would, that? I like if they could see my face right now. I get it. Here's the deal. Neither did I. Hmm. You go to war with the army that you have. You don't go to war with the army you wished you had. And so I developed people exactly where they were. And if if listen, if they were a if 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 in the DNA structure of life they were only a three. And they were currently at a two. It was my job to take them from a two to a three and to maximize their potential. If somebody was gifted and they had the capacity of an eight, but they were only functioning at a five, it was my job and my life's vision and dream to fully exploit and bring their gifts Mm. to full maturity in Jesus Christ and that they could become that eight. So whoever God brought me, 
we did it. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with whether you think that you have, you know what, to be truthful, it has nothing to do with the people around you. It has to do with you as a leader. Mm -hmm. A leader's job is to build others. And probably a, a helpful reminder that this isn't an overnight task. This is no. This is an investment and it was something a, that it probably was a took a lot of time. multi-year investment, mm -hmm. right? I went to lunch with a guy who was a volunteer for two and a half years straight, every single Monday for two and a half years straight. I ended up passing on every area of ministry to him in the fifth and sixth grade Wednesday night program. And then he ended up moving on. Of course, I was it's like for 10 minutes was completely devastated because I'd <laughs> spent the last two and a half years pouring into this one guy and he left, but he was the blessing. I was able to go to the senior or the executive pastor and say, hey, dude, there's no way that this ministry can carry on with a volunteer now. And so then he, he said these words, and I quote, well, you've kind of put me in a corner. This area now has to have a staff member. And I was like, yes. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely. And so maybe I'll bring us back a little bit yes. to the surface again. It's, it's about diligence. Proverbs twelve twenty four again, it says, if you work with a diligent hand, you'll find yourself in charge. If you work with a slack hand, you'll be put to forced labor by others. Maybe you're sick of hearing that verse already, but I, I really want to be able to hammer this one home for us today. And you, Josh, diligently built teams of people and loads of ministry through key volunteers and other leaders. They see the success in, in you kind of wrote your own ticket. You're exactly right. Ministry is a self-starting kind of deal. Um, here's the thing. This is what I want for each and every listener to this podcast today. Do you want to write your own ticket? I'm telling you the truth. Diligence is that path. Mm -hmm. And I think, too, one last thing I would love yeah. to add is that ministry being a self-start mm -hmm. job the diligence and, and maybe adding to your task list and filling some of that margin in your ministry. We're not saying you have to do those junky no. jobs. We're saying create some fun things for your ministry. What are you passionate about? Yes. What are you excited about? Let's build off of those. Let's build off of your own gifts so that you can continue to build and thrive your ministry. Yeah through your gifts. So it's it, not, it, it, it's we're not like, asking to add a bunch of things that you're going to dread or no. like, oh, add a bunch of busy work. No, 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 no. We I actually built stuff, right? So I kept myself busy. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Keep yourself busy. But I kept myself busy with things that were super fun for me. Exactly. And the ministry moved forward. My bosses, my leaders were like, holy smokes, he's killing it. Well, and I was having a bunch of fun and too. having a ton of fun. And by the way, do you realize that people want to be around fun people? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so all of a sudden, if you're a curmudgeon kind of you know, sour face, whatever. Who wants to be around that, man? I was creating things that were absolutely exciting and people were like, holy smokes, I, I want an exciting life. Can I, can I, can I be with you? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. Yeah, and so hopefully you hear that. You know that we're challenging you to be diligent, but be diligent about the things you're passionate about and that absolutely. God's gifted you in. And so I, I want to say one more thing. I, you mm -hmm. said one more thing. I'm going to say one more <laughs> thing too. Um, listen, all of us, Early on in my ministry, of course, I was handed something that I didn't really want to do. When the, when the leaders came out of, so to speak, the smoke-filled room and they descended <laughs> mm -hmm. from on high at their two-hour meeting, certainly at, early on I got handed a couple of crappy things. And I absolutely dominated them. Mm -hmm. And I made them look awesome as unto the Lord. Not to please those guys. Forget that. Mm -hmm. But I, God sees, right? The, the, the scriptures are true. Those who are faithful in little will be faithful in much. Hey, you listener out there, get after it. 
Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for us today. Hey, listen, if this podcast has been inspirational, motivating for you, I want to invite you to just do a couple things that we do every week. Just encourage you to subscribe. Give us a five-star review if you haven't already. Share this with a friend. And then also go ahead and check out Lead Volunteers. Lead Volunteers, it's an online course for ministry leaders to get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent burnout. That's exactly right. Lead Volunteers is the most comprehensive course to teach you, the ministry leader. Literally, it is a proven path that if you just follow these proven steps, like you will become that diligent multiplying type leader Mm -hmm. yeah so go ahead to leadvolunteers.com you can put in your email get three free videos today that can help you in your ministry context thanks so much for listening and we can't wait to see you back here with us next time